Hey, before we start, Jenny, you guys want to try ghost pepper chip? It, yep. It sucks. Yes. It sucks. It's so yes. much. Yeah, I want to do it. Not Brian, you, get Brian. one. Get one of Brian. <laughs> Here you go. So you're passing around haunted ghost pepper. What's the brand? Oh, they're packy. Like, packy. Yeah, they do the one chip challenge. It's like the hot wing What's challenge. What's the one chip challenge? It's like the hot wing challenge, but with a chip, and it comes in like a... Um, a casket shape <laughs> and it's one chip you have to eat it all at the same time and they just like cry and they're just trying to wash your mouth so sure, sure. Uh, no. it's got good heat i'll admit wow it's, you two mm. seem totally chill with it yep. well i like spicy stuff yeah wow. i like it because i wouldn't devour that bag of chips well and that's what i was going to say too like that's not something you can om nom nom yeah. right yeah, like yeah. i can eat a respectable amount of that chips and then be, and then be done what do you think of it brian it was great. Good. I'm glad, <laughs> yeah, glad you liked it. I hope you have snacks of your own <laughs> to pretend with. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, I'm the proud owner of a musical grapefruit. Chadwick Boseman will not be digitally recreated for Black Panther 2. Conan O'Brien is leaving TBS for HBO Max. And we review and recommendation the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes, happy life day. Wait, we do? You've all seen that? No, just Kirsten. Uh, no, I didn't It's out it. already? I messaged yeah. you about it this morning. I thought you said you had you Slack did? on your phone. Yes. It's on my pad. Oh. Please do not shorten it to my pad. <laughs> to my, it's on my pad. Oh, dang. Okay, well, good for you, Kirsten. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast episode. Paul, what episode is this? I don't know. 20... Some 11 first. Oh, cute. From Hobbit. That yeah. I like. <laughs> I made a joke just for Paul and he got it. It only took him a couple seconds. Uh, it's episode 111. We record this on Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 with Dylan and Jason in the Morning Zone. Do I wait for Art? Uh, we'll be waiting a long time because Art is not joining us this evening. And thank you, that is on me. I should have said in Art's place, Art will be probably, I guess he's schooling. I don't he know, schools. He just, yeah. Schooling. I'm DJ Boitano. You can hear me in the weekend zone, Saturday, Sunday, 10 to 4, and doing the mixtape at 5 o'clock in the afternoon zone. I'm Paul Bacino, and I host the afternoon zone. Yo! <laughs> I'm sad you couldn't see it because he did a dab while he said it. Like a mini dab. It was really, it was, he was excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm Kirsten James. Welcome back, bud. Thank you. We missed you two for weeks. two weeks. I yeah. really regret sending you that audio of me doing that. I don't regret that at all. That was my favorite part of last week. You had to edit that too and put it in. Yep. Like, Seven times, um, I think. It, it was came great. Up on my podcatcher. The title of the episode, and I was like, "That's weird that that's the title of the episode." <laughs> oh no, is that the baby? <laughs> I, I, and I hadn't seen that week's episode of The Mandalorian yet, and I was like, "Did she say that this week? Because that would be really weird." <laughs> that thing that I just made up, she actually yeah. said. Oh, yeah. funny. Anyway, yeah. Oh, I regret. love it so much. It was great, and you missed my Jeopardy and Chill, which I. I know. I was. I was about. sad that I missed that. What did you? What really? Was your you're sad that you missed that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sad you did too because you would have backed me up. <laughs> the then it's a natural and wonderful thing to do 
It was a wonderful skyrocketing just, awkward level. My, my, my favorite was just Brian being like, and th- now that's a death tribute from the Geek Out podcast. <laughs> you know, I think Art said it best. It was something. It was something along the lines of, "We've ruined every death tribute yeah. we've ever attempted." But it was frustrating for me because I was trying. I didn't want to be so vulgar. I didn't want to come across as vulgar. But how do you how do you convey that the sex was? Better than usual, and they think that for that period of time, it had to do with the fact that there was Jeopardy on deck afterwards. You were like, I didn't want to be vulgar, but you said ball draining, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. you definitely did. Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. It, was, it was because you were watching Jeopardy after? Yes. So it had nothing to do with before? No, Jeopardy didn't like, set the mood. This no, was just Jeopardy like the is the smoke post, afterwards. Yeah. That's right. Oh, well, yeah. then what does that have to do with being Postcoital trivia. It was just really, really good. And okay. I don't, we don't know need if to it, go back like, this is it. I don't know if it was because of Jeopardy, but okay. it, the Jeopardy seemed to make it even better. It was okay. already that you good. You were just really That's excited fine. to get to Alex Trebek. We did this last week, so I don't think we need and to do it. I was just, yeah. I'm sad Kirsten wasn't here because she... Oh, never mind. Yeah, thank you. Please, never mind. It was so good because they had sex in the form of a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's a good line. That's that's a good line. That I like that. Anyway, great. yes, I missed you all the last two weeks, but it was fun to listen to the podcast. Oh, is that the baby? <laughs> Except for that part. I was just like, oh, God. Eight times. I <laughs> love it. Please. You need to think of more things to say as her. Okay, well, yeah. I'll work on that. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. This is my, uh, my my sweet new little musical toy. This is the Orba. Is that like a drum set in your hand? Kind Tom? of, kind of exactly. Yeah, a drum set in my hand. So can you make it any sounds? So there, it, it connects with an app, uh-huh. and you there. So there are four. Uh, I should back up. This is a like a grapefruit. Half a grapefruit-sized uh, MIDI controller, MIDI synthesizer. It's got a looper, obviously, you know, speakers. I'm just holding it up to the microphone. And it has drums, bass, chord, and lead. Mm-hmm. And you, you can connect this to uh, an app and choose up to, like, ten different types of drums or types of bass or types of chords or types of leads kind of thing. And there's a looper in here, so you start building a beat. Ah. And then you play it back, and um, it's this has been one of the greatest bits of fun that I have had in a long time. Oh, it's like a Simon Says, but for musicians. <laughs> yes, sure. Yes. Look at it. It's yeah. It, okay, no, it's like what Reggie Watts has made very popular and famous, and what he goes on tour doing, sure. but in a, the size of your hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reggie Watts Simon will Says use... for musicians. No, no, right. that's, Sorry, a I, that's no, what I should have said. No. She's right. It yeah. grew out of the loop pedal. They've got looping looping machines and consoles and yeah that's exactly what he'll use a multi-track looper uh, on stage reggie watts will um but also he's musically brilliant so there is that um yeah. yeah so i've got this thing i backed it on kickstarter a year ago actually in november 2019 it was supposed to ship in april yay Right when the world fell apart, so it didn't ship <laughs> then. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, you would, they're the first Kickstarter to actually have a legitimate excuse, for right? Because that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always add like the six month crowdfunding delay to anything. I don't crowdfund a lot, but you've got to expect that it is not going to arrive anywhere near on time. So let's hear some bass. Are you 
thinking of the brown note, Paul? Is that why you're laughing? Because <laughs> no. I was. Okay, now I am. <laughs> Does that have the brown note? Thanks, guys. That's great. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's still like, because Kirsten said it's like a Simon Says for... Yes, thank um, you. For musicians. musicians it's, yeah. it's actually, it's, it's more kind of like a, a fidget cube. Yeah, yeah, musicians. right. Yeah, it's like a fidget grapefruit, a fidget Because it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's tiny, and it's, but it's got, it seems like it's got the full power of like a mini controller, and it apparently, yeah, works with like Ableton Live and Can you, Fruity Loops and GarageBand. Yeah. Can you put your own sounds on it? Like, could you upload like my voice and put it on there? Not or? yet, but I could put your voice into Ableton Live, which is a music software that I started learning after I crowdfunded this, so I would be ready for, you know, to play uh-huh. with this properly, and then I could use this as a trigger to say, oh, no, is that the baby? (laughs) At all sorts of different pitches. It would be so great. Oh, no. So I mean this genuinely, and (laughs) please take it in the spirits intended. Um, Why? Why Why did you do this? Why, why did you fund why this? Why did you do this? Yeah, That's no, a great question. And I mean that. Like, why, why did you think that this was worth kickstarting? And then also, what do you do with it now? Until I hook it up to Ableton, and I want to try it on its own. It's a fairly, you know, it's, again, 40 different sounds and one little loopy thing. It, it's somewhat limited in that it's, you know, without connecting it to a DAW, a digital audio workshop, it is a little limited unto itself, but I kind of like that. The reason I got into the whole thing was just because I've always wanted, I've always had music in my head. I've always wanted to just make music. Okay. I, I, I backed this thing and then I dropped a good amount of money on Ableton Live, which is one of many industry standard music creation programs. And I've been playing around with that. It's funny. I looked at my timestamps. That also dropped out about April when the world fell apart. But Mm. I was having great fun with it. And that, see, Ableton is like piloting a 747. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is the toy version of that. So it's a toy plane. So it kind of goes forward and back. I think that, so the application too, now if I can get music dj nerdy like i did a couple weeks ago when you did a a geek out but like the the application for this it's kind of like if you have something in your head and you're on the bus or something and you're like oh man i have this idea for a beat and i want to get it down and it's kind of like your notepad almost 100 percent. and i've done play with it there i've done that three Um, times in as many weeks yeah and like one of the things that i've wanted to buy actually since the beginning um of uh the pandemic is actually i wanted to buy this midi keyboard uh which will help me construct beats because i have a, a beat maker uh which is like kind of a uh like a plug-in for serato but it's not as portable so if i'm out somewhere out and about somewhere and i have this idea for a beat i can't really play around with it in my head well there's to a certain extent so if i had one of those things you know maybe pop in some headphones or something and then play around with it and then you know at least i have the idea or the the framework for when i get home yeah precisely that okay very cool i'm gonna play you one more bit yeah please that's just as part of it and then i have to reset the octave because it's an eight note it's an eight note diatonic c major scale well of course it's diatonic (laughs) but i knew that i was gonna say diatonic everyone says that shut up oh da da wait what was that i know that wow you're getting good at this what was that i know that ridiculously ridiculously that's my traffic cone song oh it's a traffic cone 
the end of Jackie Gun. If everyone doesn't know, Bud sings a song when he sees traffic cones and then puts it on social media. And I knew it. You gotta follow him. You gotta follow him for the song. listen to that. Okay, so what's the song, Bud? If you would look with the thing <laughs> with the diatonic. Oh, you want me to? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, here, yeah. Hit, hit so, yeah. Whoa! Here we go. <laughs> if you were looking for every single traffic code in the city, I found them all. They're right here. That's really, that was literally all there is to it. Yay. Yay. Oh, that's that great. Thing. That's so good. <laughs> Hashtag a weather. That's One time, so Bud saw many traffic cones. <laughs> and the, I just, do a song exploder on the traffic cones. <laughs> Hey man, I went like I went like twenty people viral on that stupid ten yeah, second video. I, I don't it. know why it was the most ridiculous. Yeah, like and, and like Brian said, and a weather, a weather yeah, and right. traffic cones. I don't know. That's your realm now. Why is it I hit with these silly little social things? It makes no sense. A weather needs a song now. Oh great! I'll please. I'll, I'll compose one on my orba. Yeah. Okay. Moving the frick at on. Webmeister Bud. You gotta Stop see this hot it. content. It's good. It's good. <laughs> is it a highlight on your Instagram? Yes, it is. There you oh, go. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Coming soon. We had a. It was more like a motion graphic on Twitter for Wandavision. Not any new content, but confirmation that it's not coming until next year. But wait, it's only fifteen days into the next. Here. So, WandaVision will be streaming on Disney Plus on January 15th, 2021. We'll put the uh, Twitter animation thing in the show notes, and it'll be probably underwhelming. Art and I have officially decided to renew our Disney Plus for another year. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Why? But today was the day we had to decide. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to decide today, too? Maybe. Um, yeah, very close, yeah, very close to it. And Art and I decided that, yes, we would pay... Another $40. And here's the thing. I also decided to renew because I had it on a notepad to switch it to monthly and the date passed and it renewed. So. <laughs> oh, I meant, God I meant, damn. Yeah. I, that, I bet that happens to me too. Yeah. yeah. Shit. <laughs> so I've also decided to renew then. <laughs> so now anyone your- listening that signed up after us, check your Disney Plus subscription. Quick. Check it quick. I got until... Two days, November 19th. Ooh. Good, good. There you go. Okay, okay, automatically. Okay, but uh, okay. So I have to I would, well, I have to you just cancel go into your account. And then probably yeah. renew monthly. Okay. Yeah. I guess what? I'm doing that. I'm doing it. Yes, that's what I had intended to do. Okay. I'll, I'm the smartest one of everyone. <laughs> Thank God. Everyone who's listening, everyone knows I'm the smart one. Choo choo. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also got a trailer and um, a nice little surprise teaser thing at the end for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Reunion. This will be an HBO Max special on... Oh, wait, November 19th. That's coming up in... That's when Paul has to cancel his Disney Plus buy. Better go. Quickly. Fast. You're the second smartest. (laughs) So it'll be... So the thing is, we we don't have HBO Max here in Canada, but it will be on Crave. 
Perfect. This one will be Perfect. on Crave. There are some HBO Max things that don't end up on Crave. Are there? I've, what? I've learned over the last That's Are you months? sure yeah. about that, Brian? I feel like everything from all of the junky HBO craziness where they just like have 10 different streaming services and everyone's confused of what they have and what they don't, I feel like that all just gets funneled into Crave TV. I was about to pay them that compliment that like God bless them for whatever their licensing deal is that they seem to just get everything. I'm mm. never It's so much easier in Canada, isn't it? Well, it seems like it's just it's, I'm never I never seem to be disappointed by something's not on there. But do you know something I don't, Brian? The only thing that I I remembered from it uh, there was another thing actually before it, but uh, just the most recent one was because uh, I wanted to watch that Road Roll Doll, uh, The Witches. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's on HBO Max, so it's probably on Crave, and it wasn't on Crave. It wasn't okay. Well, no. you're the third smartest. Sorry, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I just have dumb internet things. Okay. Oh, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about with Wandavision, or not just just mentioned with Wandavision, is apparently that first episode was filled in front of a studio audience. Oh, oh seriously, that's wow. so cool because I know. They had the canned laughter. Oh, can you imagine the NDA on that? (gasps) Oh, yeah. Apparently, they were really like, they had some hardcore non disclosure agreements. You got like armed guards handing you your NDA. Oh, man. That's insane. Yeah, that would be crazy. Jeez. Good, though. That, like, what a lucky bunch of people who. Do they do that anymore? Like, is anything filmed in front of a live audience? Oh, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Oh, like dreaming during pandemic. No, just in general. Like, is there a TV show that they film in front of a live no, audience? No, that time has, uh, that time has passed. No, there really? there were there were some. Uh, like yeah, Full House, like Full Ho- yeah, okay. Fuller House. Uh, Fuller House was. But again, that's a novelty throwback to the show from the eighties. So. But what about Brian? Don't you think like um, those awful shows that I hate? Don't you think those are in front of like uh, the Zomb- Walking Dead? No, no, I don't think no that's like Big Bang Theory and that kind of crap. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's all processed. No, Big Bang Theory oh. was filmed in front of live audience because I went to the what is that Warner Brothers? I went to the Warner Brothers studio a lot, and you could get in for a filming of it. Was wow, it the, oh, okay. yeah, was there were there were still okay. a lot that, that but do I, that. they might have canned the laughter on top of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right, Big Bang Theory. I wonder if that Chuck Chuck Lord all of his stuff. You know what this is just making me think of now is that when I last time I was in Los Angeles and down we were in Hollywood Boulevard and we were approached, would you like to see a live taping of Jeopardy? And I said no. And I wow, do I ever wish that I had gone? Can you imagine how empty your balls would have been? Oh, (laughs) God! Exactly. God. Good stuff. Speaking of studio audiences, which we don't have in COVID times, Conan O'Brien will be ending his run on TBS in June 2021. Speaking of studio audiences, I saw Conan O'Brien live one time. What? Great. I was in the audience during the seven months he was on The Tonight Show. Did you get to be in the front or did you put in the ugly back? No, I was put in the front-ish. Ooh. Yes. Front-ish. Because do you know about this? So he's good-looking-ish. We are good-looking-ish. And same with Letterman, too. I wasn't up in the, the Ugly balcony. <laughs> for you. you want to explain why we're talking? About, why? Oh yeah! If you haven't heard before, if you when you go and see a TV show live in a live studio audience, hopefully that ever happens again. Mm. Um, they, honest to God, rank people in the audience by good lookingness, and then put you in the audience closer or further away from the stage based on how good looking you are. Yeah, that's an absolutely true mm-hmm. thing, it's and insane. also how well dressed you are. Yeah, sure. So yes. don't get take too many brownie points. Maybe you were just dressed real nice. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Best quote from Conan O'Brien: "I'm thrilled that I get to continue doing whatever the hell it is I do on HBO Max, and I look forward to a free subscription." 
I think this is so great because uh, I obviously, you know, like Conan enough, and You'll I haven't get it watched on Crave. <laughs> What's that? You'll get it on Crave. Exactly. Yeah. Because I haven't watched a single episode, not a full episode, certainly, of his show on TBS. Because who has TBS? Yeah. yeah. And I never yeah. have. But here's the other thing, too, is like, when's the last time you actually sat down and watched a Tonight Show? You know, even mm. if you got cable, I, but I watch a ton of like Fallon and Seth Meyers, maybe a little bit of Colbert, but like I watch that stuff, but on YouTube because they put the clips. Pretty much yeah. the whole show yeah. is there in clips between the monologue and the bits and then the interviews. So you really can like pick and choose what you want to watch of the show. And similarly, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've even done even that for Conan. So Conan has really drifted away. And it's a sad story, actually, about Conan, the way that, like, you know, obviously he lost The Tonight Show and everything, but then he goes to TBS. His viewership went down from, like, at its peak, he was pulling in, you know, like The Tonight Show does, millions of viewers. Mm-hmm. He is in the only hundreds of thousands of viewers and has been ever since he went to TBS. Wow. Yeah. But again, Turner Broadcasting System, who has this that is within his demo? Like, I'll say who has this, but I'm sure it's a lot of older, you know, folks, but who has it that is within his demo? So, with the HBO show, it's like, not only will I... And once a week, too. This is the great thing. It's like, I feel like Conan was really, especially when he was getting after The Tonight Show, he was like the really chasing after that, you know, Johnny Carson feeling of The Tonight Show is the biggest one. And yes, there are copycats, but this is the one. Now, even here we are like nine, ten years later after that all happened. It's like the understanding is there's no Tonight Show anymore. Even The Tonight Show isn't The Tonight Show. Although I argue that it's the closest thing to it still, actually, in the little small but important ways. Um, and so why chase this thing? Why, ch- You know, he went to that half-hour format, which was just like added a flexibility, I guess. Yeah. It was more chill. And now he's like, I don't even need to be doing that. He's been on TV for 30 years. His podcast is successful. And I will sit down once a week. I have uh, an hour once a week for these guys, Conan, John Oliver. Right, but not like, every night. That's appointment viewing for me. Yeah, but no, not mm-hmm. once a night. Yeah. Have you listened so, to his podcast? Much of his podcast? Yeah, I do. It's one of my like top rotation podcasts that I look forward to, nice. depending on the guest. And I think he's you know fun in that. It's shown me. Apart from the like, you know, having writers write a bunch of set up punchline jokes for you, yeah. he is one of the funniest people there is, I think, in show business. Even when he's up against, you know, in that like podcast format, uh, talking to other guys who do that, so like Colbert and yeah. Jimmy Kimmel and whatever, Conan is the one who is the funniest and with the quickest wit and mind that is mind blowing to me. And that's what's, I think, worked really well for him in that. Um, medium mm-hmm. and so who knows this thing's supposed to be a variety show who knows what it gets to be and uh, hopefully it's good Conan O'Brien needs a friend is the name of the podcast I always thought he had the right spirit for the Tonight Show the right sort of you know yeah yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like a Carson level energy Carson was so like dry and understated yeah, yeah. Um, but for whatever reason I, I always thought Conan O'Brien would you know worked for that a huge part of his strength is that he was like he's a a, a talented improv comedian yes and yeah, I think that's it. what makes his interview skills uh, next level what I was very pro Conan for the Tonight Show obviously because I hated Jay Leno he uh, had just turned the Tonight Show into the most boring thing of all time I'm such a Letterman guy as well but like Conan was unbelievable on late night, and I really think that 
when he moved to L.A., when he got The Tonight Show and all the prestige that goes with it, the he promised he wouldn't do this, but he did tone his ridiculousness way down. And the difference was very noticeable if you're a fan of Conan. It still was Conan, and he still was pretty funny, but like, it's nowhere near as good as it was back on the old Late Night Show. That show was fucking ridiculous in the best possible way and so funny. Um, and it just wasn't the same when he went to The Tonight Show anyways, so maybe it's for the best. And honestly, Jimmy Fallon, I think, is a better suit for The Tonight Show, so moving on. This has been Late Night Talk on the Geek Out Podcast. <laughs> Netflix has renewed Space Force for a second season, but there will be some cuts. Most notably, they're going to move uh, shooting from L.A. to Vancouver. Oh! It is said that it costs more than a million dollars per episode to pay Steve Carell. Because not only is he acting, he's uh, executive producing, and he's Steve Carell. So, so now they get to pay him in Canadian dollars? Oh, there you go. Maybe that's <laughs> it. <laughs> is that what that is? Well, and I'm glad there's uh, another season coming, because they sure ended the season one on a cliffhanger. Yeah. The executive vice president of Marvel Studios says that a digital double will not be used for Chadwick Boseman in Black Panther 2. Not sure what will happen, but... So at least we know that. Yeah. At least we can, you know, rest easy on that. Brian, what do you what do you make of that? Well, yeah, it, well, that would have been horrible if they did that. Like, because it, it's a, you're centering a whole movie around like a digital double. Yeah, you know that when they did it for for the Fast and the Furious, it's partly because one, Paul Walker had filmed a bunch of scenes. And uh, two, he wasn't really like the main main character. There are like seven main characters in the Fast and the Furious. Whereas this one, it's the movie is called Black Panther, so like he, uh, it would be that would have been a tough thing to get away with. Yeah, um, we don't know necessarily what that means because they still they said even in that article that they now have to they still have to figure out what they're gonna do with it. Uh, you know. Like I, I've already made my case for recasting, but I still don't even really know what's going to happen with that. I, I'm sure they're going to go with a, sh- a storyline that focuses on making Shuri or turning Shuri into the Black Panther. But how they're going to get to that point is going to be an interesting thing. It sure is. Maybe and- they'll just put him in a chair and turn the chair around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh that'll be very effective. And every time they walk into the room, they're like, hey, T'Challa, should we do this? And it's just like archival, like, sure. Yeah. It's- yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, this, I mean, this was an announcement, I guess, but it's also kind of a non-announcement. It's like, yeah, no It's confirmation, guff. really. Yeah, like, obviously... Like, I think the people who were thinking they were going to do this is like, you're out to lunch, dude. Of course yeah, I'm not going to make a, a, a CGI Chadwick Boseman. Come on. So mm-hmm. this was a pretty easy announcement for him to confirm, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. The only time this would have been a thing is if Chadwick Boseman had filmed, you know, half to a quarter yeah. of the scenes already in the next Black Panther. But oh, okay. Interesting. That, that didn't happen. Right. So three Star Wars stories in a row. So we only have to play the theme once. That sounds like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Cute little stuffed plush baby Yoda has tagged along on the SpaceX, the first operational crewed mission uh, for NASA, which unto itself is incredible. But also, they have a little plush baby Yoda on there, and its its role, it has a role. Mm -hmm. It is the anti-gravity, like the zero-G marker. Like when, when baby Yoda starts to float, there's no gravity. He's like the Simon Says of space. 
No! 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 <laughs> no absolutely not. Um, when I saw that, I, when I first saw it, I was like, they let stuff just float around in there? Like, t- t- strap that thing down, put that in your backpack. Whatever child brought that on board, one of you stupid astronauts. And then, you know, I was like thinking of The Simpsons where the ants and the chips clog the instruments. Mm. What if a wispy baby Yoda hair, you know, gets sucked into something and, and blows them out the hatch and they need an inanimate carbon rod to save the day or whatever, right? But like, this is a thing. I'm not worried about a, a, a plushie. I'm worried about like when they cry. You know, their tears they don't oh. fall because they, you know, they just stay on, on the because there's no gravity to pull them down. But what if that got away from your face okay. and then touched uh, an electronic instrument or something? That's what I'd be worried about. No crying in space. Don't cry in space. Yeah, don't cry. So that's why they got a baby Yoda and not one of those babies that wets itself. <laughs> Baby wets itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brian. That's but do you think it's like death? Because the other thing, too, is then I thought, okay, I get it. They, they look at it to be like, you know, because I think it would be very embarrassing. You go to get out of the space hot tub and then you're like, whoa, and you fall down or like don't fall down because you got gravity or there isn't. <laughs> Why is there a space hot tub in your version of this? So, and I was uh, partying in a naked hot tub this weekend, and someone fell down, and it was really funny. So that's why I'm thinking about that. But now it's in space. Anyways, uh, so no, but like, so they get so the first before they get out of the hot tub, they look at the Yoda. Oh, is the Yoda floating? Oh, okay, we're anti grav. Oh no, the Yoda's sitting next to the hot tub. Okay, we can just get out. Um, there's there, there, we got gravity going on here. But then, are you like? Looking around, like, where's the Yoda? Or do you think it's tethered to I'm the... I'm pretty sure it's tethered to one rear of ...rear view mirror or something like that. rear view mirror, I don't think. Okay. So your right. friends need a baby Yoda to tell them whether or not there's gravity when they're getting out of their naked hot tubs. Oh, boy, was there ever gravity? I should show you the bruise. <laughs> so, George Lucas uh, scrapped... Or no, George Lucas's scrapped Star Wars trilogy would have made Leia the hero. I love the, um, the headline from people, she was the chosen one, which all I can hear now is Ewan McGregor yelling that line but um <laughs> chosen you're one. the chosen one so yeah um but that's I, cool i, I mean i yeah. feel like that that's maybe where it was even going if mm. um if uh carrie fisher hadn't died yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah would have made good sense I there mean, was also a thing about Darth Maul uh, coming back and uh, being like having an apprentice that was sort of going to be like the next Darth Vader. Oh, and um, and then from there he ends up becoming like kind of the uh, the I guess the universe's or the galaxy's biggest crime lord or whatever. Right, yeah. Darth Talon would have been the name of the girl. She was from the comic books. Oh, Talon! Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because number one, they are doing that in um, the Han Solo movie and whatever spins off from that. Clearly, they want to go back to Darth Maul and have him, so they're going to do that, and that'll be whatever. And I, I part of me is like, okay, great, because you know that was such a waste of a good character to kill him off so quickly. But the mm. other part of me is, you did kill him off. Just stick to that choice and move on and think of something else. And so I'm really actually kind of glad that it wasn't George Lucas being like, no, he's not dead. See, after all, guys. And that we did get Kylo Ren instead, which Mm. eh, eh, maybe misused as well. But at least I thought Kylo Ren, especially in The Force Awakens, was such a more interesting character. Yeah. You know, and and his journey and everything. But um, and as for the Leia thing. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, it would have been good. Shit. 
And finally, Anthony Daniels has finally explained the mystery of that obscene C-3PO trading card. <laughs> and for this, I'm going to throw it to anybody but me. How about Kirsten? What? There's this, this um, trading card of C-3PO from, when was it? 70s, I guess. And yeah. it's just, <laughs> it looks like he had, he's been about to watch some Jeopardy. Okay, you didn't need to put it that way. <laughs> well, I don't know how else I would put it. It's hilarious. I don't even think it looks like it. He just does have a huge boner. Yeah, like a metal gold boner. And what else could it possibly be? So, what did they try? They, the Star Wars website, official Star Wars website in 2007, uh, explained that it was just a fluke and that a piece of the costume came loose at the precise moment the photo was taken and there were so many of these tops trading cards that they couldn't go through and vet they didn't have time to properly vet each and every single one of them sure of course they didn't not. have any perverts on their team they needed a me or a paul <laughs> you would have noticed that right away absolutely but anthony daniels uh what, what was it it was a, an autobiography imc3po the inside story right uh, called that nonsense and uh, apparently it was <laughs> this doesn't help. This doesn't help the situation. It was during an oil bath scene <laughs> when he was lowered into um, vegetable oil. Like, it was really oil. And apparently the combination of that, it kind of got in between the layers of the costume. Oh, boy. A piece fell down on the leg and another piece, it was like thin plastic. So just at the way, and it just sort of puckered and curved. Snap! <laughs> and again, the reality of it was that they didn't have time to, to vet those or yeah. the suspicion is that somebody actually went in there, uh, somebody from Tops, and um, enhanced it a little bit. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, an oil bath will do that. Or, you know what? Sometimes just riding in the car. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I went on an interesting rabbit hole from this tweet from Ryan Johnson. It was actually a tweet... A tweet Responding to Mike Berbiglia, is, is this a sports guy? Berbiglia, no, he's a uh, comedian. Oh, okay, sure. Mm -hmm. Mike Berbiglia uh, tweeted, Dear streaming platforms, please play the credits. They're part of the movies. Yes. You should know this. Your company acquires the rights to the movies. Don't you like movies? Sincerely, people who like movies. Ryan Johnson replied, even beyond respect for the folks who worked on it, the credits are a cool coming down out of an ending. They're part of the movie. Yeah. And also this... Uh, cutting them or popping them off or uh, popping a you might also like thing has got to stop and yeah I reading this made me realize how angry I was that this happens and so I I checked to see if Google was open and Google was open and I looked to see if there was a way to do it and yeah the default is that it will cut off your on Netflix anyway it'll cut off your thing on a series and just go to the next episode but no, you can just go in and shut that off. So that was the first thing I did, and my life feels better. Yeah, good. First world problems. Uh, mm. And uh, Mike Birbiglia, a quick follow-up to this tweet. I was just talking to one of my favorite directors, Adam Leon, who pointed out that the credits on streaming platforms could easily be an opt-out instead of an opt-in. Yes. Anyway, that's it for my money, the best solution. That's the tweet. Mm -hmm. A thousand percent. You know, there's a lot of things that Netflix chooses to do automatically like that. That it, it does beg the very question, don't you like movies? Yes, great question. Uh, you know, it drives me nuts. It's like, don't we like music? Don't we like, um, doesn't Netflix like movies? Isn't that why you're in this business? It, it's wild to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they don't. Ugh. Is it like, do you think it's, because YouTube, I get it. YouTube can't wait 
right? They just want you as watching as many hours on YouTube as possible so well, they can also, sell that. That's their business model. You're getting YouTube for right. free. They, they, it is, it is their prerogative to do whatever with. It's wild. The thing is, Netflix is kind of like that too, though. But Netflix why? Is, because it, they don't want you to be like a Disney Plus situation where you're like, there's nothing to watch on here. Why do I keep paying for this? They, they want, just it want to, to kind of keep your attention. Yeah, they you want know? you to just get go from thing to thing to thing, no matter what it is. No, but it's dumb. Honestly, God, I dial up a four-minute video. You know why. And then the next thing on YouTube oh, is, you know, like an hour long, and that's what they want to get you. I, I just – I get it, but I don't get it with Netflix. I think the better thing to do would be let the play – you can even have the little pop-up that says, like, you know, something else next. But the main screen should be – and the main audio certainly – should be the the credits and the soundtrack. Here's the thing. When when I'm watching on like I, I'll bring it up on my phone and I'll Chromecast it to my TV. And when the intro of a series comes on, it says skip it skip intro on device. And I look on my device and there it is right in the notification. I could just hit a button to skip the intro. That's how it should be for the credits. It shouldn't be a negative opt out where you're gonna take the credits from me. Exactly. Because there are a lot of shows Mandalorian is one, but that's Disney Plus, but there's a lot of shows that will give you things, concept art and whatnot in the, or just the music you want to appreciate. Well, Johnny and I are watching uh, Fargo right now, and in the second season of Fargo, during the credits they put, like, little clips in that have to do with the next episode. Yes! But we did not realize that until we were watching an episode last night, and I was like, when did this thing happen that they're talking about? And we did the fast-forward thing, and, and we realized that we had missed all this stuff happening in, every in the credits because sucks. Netflix was auto-playing the next episode. <gasps> Netflix! How good is Fargo, though? This is good. Yeah. yeah, we're on the second series right now. It's really so enjoying it. Also, a homewrecker, though, that TV show. Why? Because Ewan McGregor got with uh, What's-Her-Nuts in the third season. Good old Broke up with uh, his longtime wife of 25 years. Yes. Uh, what's her name? Ramona Flowers. Oh, wait, you're talking in the real show? It, in, in, in the third life. season of Fargo, they acted together, and then they had an affair and broke up marriages, and now they're together. Oh, my. And in the second season of Fargo, Jesse Plemons um, and Kirsten Dunst were also both in relationships, and then met on set, and then broke up their relationships, and are now together. Wow. Yep. Ramona yes. Flowers, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead yes, from Fargo. Yes. yes, so she's oh, dating yes. Ewan McGregor. Oh, boy. I got all the gossip oh, about the Fargo a lot of gossip. Jeez. I know. Also, by the way, during that same Jeopardy time, Fargo was the pre-show. Oh, were you watching the one with Ewan McGregor? Well, the whole series, yeah. We ran through all three seasons. And yeah, yeah that would often lead to, and then the Jeopardy afterwards, so. Oh, there you go. That's completing the story. <laughs> so Fargo's what gets you hot and bothered. Okay, all right. Helps. A study from Oxford University suggests that video games can help mental health. Yay. Really? How are we surprised by this? Um, this is a study, uh, again, from, from Oxford University that surveyed... This is fascinating. Uh, peop- just people who played two games. One was my favorite game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. And the other was Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville. Oh, yeah. 2,756 Animal Crossing players and 518 Plants vs. Zombies players, and that's where they get their study from. Hmm. Not to discredit that, but, like, what a strange, what a strange two games and such a wide variance of... Anyways, this reminded me of a great tweet I very recently saw from Ali Maynard, which said... Fox News and Facebook did to our parents what they said video games would do to us. Yes, such a good tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. 
So no, parents, it won't rot our brains. It makes us good mental health people. Yes, great military <laughs> My brain training. Is okay. good, good mental health people. You got a baby in cooking. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's baby brain is totally a thing. <laughs> yep. Lego has unveiled its largest set ever. <gasps> 9,036 pieces <gasps> the Roman freaking Colosseum and it was yeah. amazing. What, what a Colosseum? I don't want to make a Colosseum. Oh, you have to make another Millennium Falcon? That's what I thought it was going to be because it said it said 7,541 Falcons so I thought the end of this was going to be that it was a Millennium oh, Falcon. Oh, sorry. These are short notes for me because, okay, so the Colosseum set Cost six hundred and fifty United States dollars. Wow. Reasonable, actually. You, when you can think go about, visit yeah. the Coliseum, not now, but in the future, for that much for a ticket. Uh, they can. You can totally fly to Rome for that. And this nine thousand thirty-six piece breaks the twenty seventeen record of seven thousand five hundred forty-one pieces for the Millennium. But Falcon. does it like open or anything? Does it come with like battle it's, bots, it's, droids? It's, it- <laughs> What? <laughs> the Roman Coliseum. That's a fair question. <laughs> no, it's not. She, there, yeah, I would hope there would be tigers in the wow. basement or something cool oh. like that. Yeah. No, she's right. She's right. Um, I don't know. I just I think it's sweet, and I generally am with you that I would rather make a spaceship or mm-hmm. any of the like or a castle. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lego the shit pirate like that. Ship. Pirate ship is sweet. Mm-hmm. Often the real world shit. I'm just kind of like meh, meh, boring. But this one is amazing. And the Coliseum is, you know, a real world castle. It's like an actual piece of history. The the set is massive. It looks like a lot of fun to build. Yeah, I'm super into it. Like It would be so repetitive to build that. It would be like the same column. I could see that a little bit, yeah. Over and well, over and arcs over. But no, it's like the, the Coliseum now where it's like half of it is all kind of crumbled and fallen down. Because of the battle bots. Because <laughs> the battle bots got loose. So I think it would be neat. I don't know. I think it's great. I'm stoked. How I would it? rather, I think, build 900 Coliseum pieces than 7,000 Millennium Nine, Falcon pieces. 9,000. 9, yeah. How long does this but? Lego, how long does something that's 9,036 pieces take oh, to build? for the love of Pete, I'd have to extrapolate, but oh my goodness, that could be... And again, it depends on how long you spend on it, but I mean, mm-hmm. if you spend... And here's the thing, when you're building Lego, especially something that's possibly this uh, monotonous, yeah. uh, you ca- you have a limit. There's only so much in a night that you mm-hmm. can do before you got to turn the book over and get yourself a bit of a brain break. Um, and it depends on how niggly the pieces are. The Lego manuals are laid out so well and so logically. Oh, yeah. You build a thing, you build a thing, you build a thing. They're very bite-sized, so it's easy. It's like commercial breaks. It's easy to know when to stop and rest your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reckon this could take... Uh, uh, we They're like the more? Ikea catalog of toys. They're separated into separate bags, though, too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole formula for how they organize this is a, a science unto itself, <laughs> and it's brilliant how well it's done. Yeah. I, like, we put it together so much Lego last Christmas, but in, like, two or three days, me and my nephew, we, like, knocked out hundreds of pieces awesome. worth of things, you know? So, yeah, however long it takes, that's the best part. Honestly, it's like, take as long as it takes. I would actually be disappointed when it was done. Yeah, well, for $650, United States, I want that to last for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no kidding. 
How mad would you be if like we got this to all put together, but I opened up all the bags and dumped it out? Like, okay, let's get started. <laughs> you no, you can go. You leave. No, you don't do that. That is a cardinal Lego sin. Oh, you do not. I don't know about that. You know, back when I was a kid, that was what you did. Yeah. The, there wasn't yeah. all these different bags and stuff. You just dumped it wasn't every 9, single piece and thirty-six pieces. Uh, well, dude. I'm thirty-six years old now, so maybe I have the time to sort through all nine thousand pieces to find <laughs> oh, one stupid thing. <laughs> When I'm done, I was like, oh, there's 368 extra pieces that we don't need, really. <laughs> That's not right. Brian, are your kids uh, hot for Lego? Uh, they're starting to get into it now, yeah. but... Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, like, we never really ended up getting, like, up until recently, it was really only up until recently that we started getting, like, the actual uh, big set pieces for, like, Harry Potter, for Marvel stuff, right. or whatever. Um, but before... The way they ended up getting into it was that Jason Lamb just gave them, like, uh, all this Lego that Martin wasn't playing with, but it came in, like, this giant Rubbermaid bin. And that, <laughs> honestly, is the best way to start. Well, yeah, but then, like, there's me who doesn't, who's not very great with Lego and is like, hey, like, he puts two long pieces together. <laughs> I made a plane. Look at the wings. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere, dude. No, that's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love it so much. Like, if I was, mm, I'm going to say, like, only 30% richer, I would have a colossal Lego collection. Fair enough. But, yeah, like, it is expensive. And so mm-hmm. so the only thing I do is I do, like, I absolutely spoil my nephew from Christmas and then tell him to sit quietly while I put it together. You know, these, like, <laughs> massive sets. And then he's happy to do that. We're hanging out. But, like... I love it so so much, and you, but you gotta have the money to buy the sets to begin yeah. with. Like yeah. I would love to go on eBay and buy all the like Pirates of the Caribbean sets that are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars now. You know all the Lord of the Rings sets, which oh, are sure. incredible. But then you gotta have like a fucking basement. You gotta have the space, yeah. Like the Lego Movie has, you know, to display them all. Otherwise, they're just gonna wind up in a big Tupperware and donate it to Brian to make a plane out of. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, God, I love it so much. My kid is on ebb and. Flow. Like we started way early, and 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 with the generic set, you know, not with a with like a like a Harry Potter set or something specific. Like I just bought this big generic tub of Lego, mm. and we had like when she was two, you know, and she's so she's always been like that. And then it'll it'll ebb, and then I'll get like the Tron light cycles, and it'll flow. It's just up yeah. and, and yeah, she lo- we we both love Lego a lot, and I have. Um, a Christmas Lego that I have ready to give to her. Um, it's just, it's like 24 different Christmas themed things uh, that you can make I out of Lego. I hope doesn't listen to this podcast. I, I should <laughs> hope not as well for many <laughs> reasons. She made it past oh, yeah. ball busting. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> ball busting. Draining. <laughs> moving um, on. Moving on. Jeez. I apologize. Right. Maria Bakalova, <laughs> jokingly maybe, worried that when she was getting recruited into the Borat sequel, it wasn't a real movie and <laughs> thought it might actually be a human trafficking situation. Because, again, the security and and quietness and NDA of Borat 2 is going to be so high that it was quite a ways into the process before she actually met Sasha Baron Cohen. So she wasn't sure what she was getting into. Thought that was a funny story. That is. The tiniest, tiniest one-line throwaway Easter egg. Uh, I don't know why we're talking about this. Here's the headline. Spider-Man Miles Morales is hiding a tiny X-Men Easter egg. And yes, it is the tiniest. It is... Oh, Paul's reacting. 
Well, number one, this is sweet. Just to, to touch upon, none of us obviously have a PS to Resistance. No. No, but you can play it on a PS to normal. Oh, can oh you? is it coming yeah. up for PS4? Cool. Number four? No. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man video game is getting like some really, really good reviews and is very mm-hmm. cool. It's a great thing unto itself. In all my gamer this. groups, it's not getting good reviews. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Um... Because of the cost and because it's essentially a DLC. So the people liked it, but apparently you can finish the game in under eight hours. If you're getting the PS de Resistance version, it's $89. Oh. Um, and it's basically a DLC. Yeah, so I understand. Other, yeah. It's not a full game. So other other than that, people are like, it's it's beautiful. It was a it was a fun game, but I did not want to pay ninety dollars for it. But right. that's yeah, and that's the thing that I heard. It's like a half the amount of playing time as the the other Spider Man that came out last year. Yeah, like wow. even less. Like that Spider Man game. Like, I mean, I probably played it for like twenty twenty hours, and there was more to oh, be whoa. done. Yeah, but this yeah. is like yeah, it, like they could have released it as a, as a DLC, and I don't think. I think they decided not to because they wanted like a PS5 launch title. Right. Mm. And so that's kind of been pissing people off. Wow. It's, it's a start. <laughs> it's a start for representation in Miles. Sure, oh, for sure. But yeah, it's interesting because the whole thing I thought that was supposed to be so good about that Spider-Man game that came out whatever a couple of years ago was just like how perfectly intricate the city of New York was. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole fun of it, right? Just web-sling around this like super yeah. wildly accurate New York City. And so when I saw again like people like, yeah, now this is Miles Morales one, I'm like, well, how much has New York changed <laughs> since two years ago? Well, how no different one is that? Because of COVID. Oh. Yeah, there's that. Um and so now he's just you know, honestly it's just a different costume. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's the difference between if it's Miles Morales or Peter Parker under that costume? So yeah, that's true. It just could have been any other suit. And isn't that another thing about Spider Man? Is like all the different suits? All the different suits you can get, yeah. yeah. So, so is it mean, different I, voicing or something? Like it's yeah, it's a different character. Like right. it's, it's Miles Morales, but it's I've just heard it's it's not worth the price of a full game. Okay. Is the complaint that I'm hearing. Interesting. And yeah. so, like all the reviews that are coming out are the, that are good. These are people that probably got the game for free, right? So they're like, oh. "Sweet, seven hours done." Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's My a little. My work is over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the the reviews that I heard was mostly about like how good the graphics on the new PS5 looked and the kind of, you know, the uh, computing that goes on with it. Yeah, I want to see that. Hardcore yeah. players are very much about the... I want to see the computing. The quantity, though, too. You know, they want they want. Don't, the by the way, do not buy scalpers PS5s, people. No, never. No, do don't do that. Why? Give your money. Because those people, they buy the PS5s and then they resell them for like $1,000 to oh. people that can pay or people that like, you know, their kid really wants it, blah, blah. I, I read something today um, that said in Victoria, um, you know, Walmart, Best Buy, blah, blah, all the big box stores are apparently getting another shipment in December. So do not panic buy yeah. the PS5 or the Xbox um, X from scalpers. The Just don't do it. The initial launch for the PS5 has been a bit of a schlamazzle and, you know, yeah. orders being dropped and the demand way out uh, strips the supply and it's uh, it's it's a shame. But yeah, that's great. So, hang on, but yeah, please don't support scalpers. Well, what is this spoiler bud? All right. So Miles Morales is just wandering in this, wandering around in this room, and there's some guitars, and allegedly one of the guitars belonged to Alison Blair. It's just like a throwaway line. Who is Dazzler in the X Men? Very cool. 
So the tiniest of Easter eggs. <laughs> the tiniest. <laughs> David Fincher says that Joker was a betrayal of the mentally ill and slams Hollywood Studios. My only question about this is why he waited 13 months to tell us. What the hell, David Fincher? Like, God bless him, though. I'm glad he said it. I, look, yeah. You know, when he's doing he's probably he saw a tweet of mine or something and was like, I agree. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it just took him a while to get around sure. to it. He's just like, he's going through all the tweets in the world. Yeah, oh, right. And then got to In your, order. Got, yeah, so, yeah, so he got to mine and he was right. like, I agree with that. Good, I'm going to do a tweet of my own or whatever he got. But anyways... Good for him for saying this. That's what I've been saying. It's good to have someone who has his kind of clout also saying it. Do you know much more about why he was slamming the studios? Is it does it cuz didn't I say back when we watched that stupid movie to begin with? No. It feels exploitative that movie. Is that what it is? Here's a quote. Nobody would have thought they would have shot at a uh they would have had a shot at a giant hit with Joker had the Dark Knight not been as massive as it was. I don't think anyone would have looked at that material and said, yeah, let's take Travis Bickle and Robert Pupkin and conflate them, then trap them in a betrayal of the mentally ill and trot it out for a billion dollars. Yeah. I'm sure that Warner Brothers thought at a certain price, with the right cast, and with De Niro coming along for the ride, it would have been a possible double or triple. But I cannot imagine that movie would have been released had it been 1999. Hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, there you go. Maybe he's not quite as um, mad about it as I am, I guess. But, you know, he's mad about it for movie reasons and not for <laughs> the exploitation of the mentally ill reasons as I am. But, okay, good points, too, David. <laughs> Get back to looking at Twitter one tweet at a time. Two points of rumors and hearsay. According to The Hollywood Porter, Matt... What did, I just, did I just say Hollywood Porter? The yep, Hollywood yeah. Reporter. Mads Mikkelsen is in talks to replace Johnny Depp as Grindelwald in the... Uh... I was sad I missed this conversation, <laughs> Well, too. here it is. I'm so excited for what you have to say about it. Oh, I just, uh, you know, I don't know. Johnny Depp, I don't know. It's uh, what said him and Amber Heard. Have you guys heard about this thing, too, that now there's this petition to get Amber Heard out of Aquaman? Oh, oh really? really? Yeah, because everyone's pissed off that Johnny Depp got <sighs> fired or got quit, told to fire um, from Grindelwald. Oh, great! And so let's punish Amber Heard too. Yeah, well, because oh, she thing, did some pretty shitty stuff. Because that's well. the thing is, they're, they're well, what both, a butthurt reaction. They're both, um, you know, victims in this situation. It sounds like they were both as awful as each other. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, yeah, I don't know. So they're they're like, no, we should also go after Amber Heard if they're going to go after Johnny Depp, and it's just this it, this crazy <sighs> thing that's timing. going on. Right now um anyway yeah like johnny depp like it, it when he when i first saw him as grindelwald in the in the end of the first movie oh, yeah um i was no i was disappointed oh really i was like oh, johnny depp like, did you think I, colin farrell did a good job of, yeah, or that it could have stayed as yeah, colin farrell because yeah. i liked him i like colin farrell in that in the pretend role mm -hmm. and figured it very well could have been could have just stayed him but the drop, the surprise of that, of it being a different actor to play what was underneath, was pretty cool. But I was I just agree. like, oh, Johnny Depp. Like, Fair I, enough, really? Well, because that's what he does. That's his, like, shtick is, like, playing this kind of, like, weird, creepy, different character. Like, he's a, he's a character actor, but not a great character actor. Sure. Uh. Um, and so when I saw him, I was like... Oh, Johnny Depp again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. This time he's had, got heterochromia, but doesn't yeah. make much of a difference. And yeah. then, and then he was good um, in the next movie. Like I, th I thought he did a good job. So it is sad to see him go, and it is kind of sad that this all came from 
that what was it the whatever the the uh, British tabloid. Oh. Yeah, it basically came from like a liable claim. It wasn't even something in court like that right. you did this to Amber Heard. It was like a liable claim that it was okay for, it was like The Sun, which is a British tabloid. That's right, yeah. Oh, to, sure. to, to be able to call him a wife beater. Brutal. Um, which was never proven. Anyway, like they're both victims. It's awful. It's it's terrible. Um, I'm kind of glad he's getting replaced just because of that initial reaction. Mads Mikkelsen? 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sure, why not? He's got a weird look to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The only reason why not is that this this franchise is floundering in the muck right now. We have got <laughs> J.K. Rowling, where everyone is mad at. Yeah, then Johnny yes. Depp is your star, and everyone's yeah. mad at him. The first two movies sucked nope, and got worse. So <laughs> one to two got from bad to terrible. Shut it down! Like, I saw a think piece today about how, like, just let it go at this point. Who is out there, aside from you, Kirsten, clamoring for more of this? Me! Wow! I want to see it. I want to see what happens with Jude Law dressed all nice as Dumbledore. Remember Jude Law dressed all nice as Dumbledore? (laughs) Remember Noodles? (laughs) So, if I'm going to get on board with Kirsten with that... I will say Mads Mikkelsen is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you all watched the uh, Hannibal, Hannibal show. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Anthony Hoopkins? <laughs> I don't get Like, honestly, Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. way better in that role than Anthony Hopkins. And I know he made it. Obviously, Hopkins is great in that role. But, like, seriously, Mikkelsen does it for longer and for, I would argue, better. It's He's so good. He's great in the Bond movie. He's great in everything you see mm-hmm. him in. He, he's also got a, a history, a cinematic history of fighting wizards. He's Kaecilius in uh, in um, Doctor Strange. Oh, man. Oh, right. 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 Yes. Amazing. That was the one that I thought he was kind of wasted on, but that's fine, too. <laughs> you're right. You're right. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay, great. Well, I'll put him in there. Yeah, it's it's a weird with the Johnny Depp thing, but... Yeah, I want to see the movie, and I don't know, maybe like, maybe, maybe like secretly. I was talking to somebody in the Geek Out podcast group about this, about like how do you feel comfortable supporting anything with Harry Potter with J.K. Rowling's name on it when you blah 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 the shit that she's done, and uh, I wish there was a way that they could just like pay her for her things that she had. Oh, and send her on her way. And then be like, okay, thank you, goodbye. And then like, (laughs) so that you know that your money going to see the movie, like those residuals aren't going to her. Like it becomes part of the Harry Potter Foundation or something. Yeah, like she gets like, here's here's $10, goodbye. (laughs) And then she doesn't make anything off the rest of the profits of the movie. Like that would never happen. But then I could at least be like, okay, me supporting this movie, I'm not directly supporting J.K. Rowling because she already got her cut and we're good. Yeah. But it's a good yeah. thought. It's a good world. I'll just uh, download it for free. <laughs> oh, there you go. We should just steal everything. I'm going to go to Harry Potter World. I'm going to jump the fence and then I'm going to steal a wand. <laughs> okay. And um, ride the roller coaster and who knows? I'll fart on it or something. But wow. um, yeah, you're, you're right. Last piece of rumors and hearsay Marvel's Thor Love and Thunder casts Chris Pratt alongside Chris Hemsworth. The Hollywood reporter has shared in a report. So, ah. still a bit in rumors and hearsayville, but uh, I mean, wouldn't be that big of a stretch. I liked that pairing. Like, they made they had really good chemistry. Agreed. Agreed. Um, when they and were I together. think it's just what it's 
probably going to be. It's just like, all right, well, cool. Thanks for riding with us for yeah. however long after <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> and then... All right, because yeah. he gets on the ship. Absolutely, yeah. that's he what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. All right, reviews and recommendations. Let us start with a 91-second movie review from Brian for The Liberator. And now... A Zone at 91.3, 91-second movie review. Five, four, three, two, and... Action! Okay, yes. First things first. It's not a movie. The Liberator is a four-part Netflix original miniseries. It's a World War II story following Army officer Felix Sparks and his unit, the 3rd Battalion of the 157th Infantry Regiment of the 45th Division, commonly known as the Thunderbirds. This true story was engaging enough to keep me interested for all four sub-60-minute episodes, and while I fully appreciate the effort and the artistry, where it finds its flaws is in its hybrid live-action animated delivery. Now, I'm not quite sure if within 91 seconds I can fully outline the project's entire journey to arrive at this creative decision, but Nicole's notes, they were originally slated for an eight-episode run on the History Channel, but ran into major issues due to budget concerns. In an effort to still tell the story, they turned to animation using a technique known as trioscoping. This combines live-action performance with animated computer graphics over top of it. The technique is similar to rotoscoping, famously used in Richard Linklater films like A Scanner Darkly and Waking Life. This makes for a very visually unique war film, which certainly works as a gimmick that can grab viewers' attention. It also allows for computer animation to do the majority of the special effects heavy lifting, which likely saves bucket loads of money, especially for a war epic. There is a negative trade-off to this, though. The overall distracting nature of the film style and the loss of subtle nuances within the actors' performances create a barrier that keeps viewers at a bit of an arm's length, which can affect our emotional investment as a viewer. Overall, is this worth a watch? Yes, I'd say that it is, but whether or not this film technique catches on for future projects will depend more on the bottom line than the artistry. Cut! That's a wrap! Brian, I want to talk to you about this. This, uh, the process to make mm-hmm. the movie Trioscope, sort of a hmm. spiritual successor to rotoscoping. Um, yeah. Have you seen the, uh, the, like, the rotoscope movies, uh, done by Richard Linklater? Yes. Like A Scanner Darkly yes. and, uh, Waking Life? Yeah. Um, I guess we should explain the, the, yeah, rotoscoping is a very similar process, and mm-hmm. it's basically it looks like animated live action, like they you yeah. know they filled re- filmed real people and sort of just drawn over them. And this is a new process, uh, which you know you covered called uh, trioscope. Wait, but so yeah, so the the big pot, like very famous uh, examples are the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies. The uh, bas- bas- yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were made. Like those, they're really not very good, but oh well. Mm-hmm. And then, was it like um, some Disney stuff? I think was rotoscoped, yeah. like Snow White and stuff like that. I thought so. Is rotoscoping not a term that is um, unique to animation? It is. It's a well, it is a form technique. of animation because yeah. they do it in Star Wars, right? Like, wasn't all the lightsabers initially rotoscoped? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's just that rotoscoping was done frame by frame, yeah, and so it was mm-hmm. very tedious. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a way of drawing over what has been. It's shot. like a really early way that they were doing special effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely helped yeah. with that. Okay. So yeah. if you look at um, like I remember watching a like Waking Life. I don't know if I was high or something, but like cause, cause <laughs> that movie itself was high. Well, it was like a, it's about like lucid dreams and stuff, and uh, <laughs> it was like actually the perfect perfect method to make a movie about lucid <laughs> dreams because it's like it felt like a a weird dream or bad high um but uh but yeah and and like when they made waking life that only cost them 
I don't even think it cost them a million dollars to make that movie because they just had a handheld digital camera. Yeah, this is one and thing I hear about this technique is it is highly less, like far less expensive than either yeah. traditional method of CG or shooting it live. And so I tried to touch on this in my 91 second review of The Liberator, but like the the, the Liberator was supposed to be this eight episode um, epic done on the History Channel. Live action, right? Yeah, and it was going to be about like an hour long episode per, but it was going to cost them about fifteen million dollars per episode to make because well, of all of like the because it, it was a wartime epic, right? They it was like during World War Two, they needed tanks, they needed explosions, all that kind of stuff, and their History Channel's like, fuck, we don't have that kind of money, <laughs> so they were going to just cancel it. The producers still wanted to get it made, so they went and struck a deal with Netflix, and Netflix was like, okay, well, we're not giving you that much money. You can still tell your story, but you can do it in four episodes, and you have to figure out a way to cut your budget. This was the way to cut their budget. And and so trio scoping is pretty much the same concept. It looks a little less annoying than uh, rotoscoping. Like if you've ever seen like movies like A Scanner Darkly, it's like... It blends almost, better. Yeah, it, it, it does blend a little bit better. You don't get as like kind of dizzy watching it because like it's not like somebody's talking and you see like little things on their face kind of moving and making these like wavy lines and yeah. it's all weird. Um and the 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 trio scoping effect does the majority of the heavy lifting. Like they could be out on a battlefield and a bunch of people can get like blown up by mm. a tank, but you don't necessarily have to do all the special effects to get them blown up. You just do that all in the trio scoping post or whatever. You you animate that that part of it. I went on such a rabbit hole about this because what I wanted to see was the behind the scenes and mm. half an hour's worth of Googling, I couldn't get it. And I think that's yeah. because this company is, it was formed in January, like of this yeah. year. Um, so y you've got three People formerly of places like Netflix, Adult Swim, and Discovery, and Lucasfilm, and uh, Red Bull TV, and so talented folks. But The Liberator is sort of their first big outing. So I, as I understand it, it's shot against a green screen. But I can't. Mm -hmm. I was looking for photos of it, some sort of confirmation to see um, how exactly this process is made. And it's kind of neat that this is such a new technique we're going to be learning about um, soon, but not now. So the thing is, and then I, I kind of touch on this in my review, I just don't think it's there yet. Like, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept as, like, a form of filmmaking, but it, to me, this screamed, like, uh, you know, they were pinching their pennies. They were, they were just trying to save money. Um, and you lose out on a lot of things because of it. Right. And, you know, the, because of it, you don't like, you know, that there are actual actors behind the animation, but you lose a little bit of their acting because they, they've got like cartoony stuff all over them. Huh. Right. Like you, you lose a little bit like the subtle nuances in their acting and stuff. So you, you don't really have this. And I said this in the, the, the reviews, like it kind of keeps you at a bit of an arm's length with the characters that you don't fully connect with them as much as you really should. Because you're paying too um, much attention to the process. Well, because the process is a little distracting and the process doesn't really let you into their acting. Like it, it almost takes away from their acting a bit. Yeah. It's kind of like watching a stage play where you see how you, you have the, the stage actors have to like, 
be really grandiose in their actions just so that they can be seen. Yeah, right. I think there's a real reason why the even the rotoscoping for the, like the animation kind of has gone away. Yeah. You know that yeah. yeah, it's like even when you're watching that old stuff like it kind of bumps you and you can actually do a better job with just straight animation yeah. for mm-hmm. how, you know, the, these characters should move or how their faces should react to things, you know, when you're confined by what the live action person did. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a weird thing, and I, it totally bumps. It's a it's weird that like it works for live action, yeah. To just yeah. be live action, it works for animation, just to be animation. And then when you do r- this scoping, it doesn't work. It's the difference as well between like in in voice acting, right? In animation, like you know, Bradley Cooper was a great Rocket Raccoon. If Bradley Cooper just did his regular Bradley Cooper voice as Rocket Raccoon, he would have mm-hmm. been boring as hell. Right. And you would have just noticed that you're talking to a CGI like puppet thingy. Right. Whereas he had to really like do up his voice. Right. And the same thing with with voice actors for any sort of animation. If they talk kind of like how we usually talk in sort of a monotone fashion, that doesn't you know, that doesn't come across. Right. It's kind of the same with this. There is a wonderful series on Internet of. uh (laughs) Movies, but they talk like normal. So, like, there's oh. like Lord of the Rings, and rather than like Sean Bean, and everyone's been like, so like it's Sean Bean in Lord of the Rings would be like, what new devilry is this? Right. But then, but yeah. then they'd like overdub it where he's just like, what new devilry is this? Oh, <laughs> wow. you know what I mean? Like, oh, God. Uh, yeah. No. It's, it's great. It's great. Go. There's a lot of examples. It's a wonderful thing. It's, it proves your point. I'll look there, for brother. that on internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please send me a link to internet if you can find it. <laughs> Let us get a review and recommendation, spoiler free, if you please, for the Lego Star Wars holiday special from Kirsten Jane. No! God, this is why you gotta open up Disney Plus. I open it up to cancel it, and they're just like, <laughs> "Here's the stupid Star Wars special that you wanted." Yeah, I was surprised it was 47 minutes long. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be like a cutesy little like 20, 30 minutes yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was 47 minutes long. Um, it had some like cute references, of course. Like that's what Lego things do really well. Oh, yeah. Um, it's definitely trending more for kids. Okay. More than adults who liked Star Wars who also like Lego. Like I, I wouldn't put it up with like any of the other Lego things I've seen. Re- like Lego mm. movie? No, yeah, oh, no, like that's like that trends to like you kids could watch that, but you, there's a lot of adult in there that you that you like. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and there was those references in the Lego Star Wars were more like you have to kind of be a big Star Wars nerd to get a lot of them, or you're gonna miss a lot of the references that are happening. Oh wow! And right. then the jokes are very on the more kid side, and oh, it really speaking of bumping me. The lady that does uh, Ray's voice, it's not Ray. Oh, it's just... no, it's not Daisy Ridley? No, there... I don't know why Daisy Ridley didn't do it. Yeah, Daisy Ridley should have, honestly. There are only three that I know of um, actors that came back from the original. So we have... Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, Kelly Marie Tran, Billy D. Williams, and Anthony Daniels is C-3PO. And then, but then the other thing is, I mean, this isn't really spoilers because it, like the plot of the movie is that she it's life day and she finds like this um, force power thing to go back, travel back in time to visit all her other masters because she's trying to train a new Jedi. Okay. And um, 
it's cool because the people that do the voice of like, so Anakin shows up, Darth Vader shows up, um, Obi-Wan shows up, but the people that are doing those voices are the people that did the voices in the Clone Wars. Oh, well, that's um, fine. That and, makes sense. And that, that sounds so good. Like, the guy that does Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars sounds so much like you. Like, he's got yeah. it. He's got it dialed. Um, and Anakin in the Clone Wars is, like, so good. So... Unfortunately, it's centering around Ray with this lady whose voice is just not right, and she's got some of the the mannerisms of Ray, but like sure. to but an extreme. Enough, it's all. like me doing my impression. <laughs> oh um, no, is that the baby? The whole forty-seven <laughs> minutes. Um, so the, yeah, I mean, it was cute. I'm glad it was free. I don't know. I maybe would watch it again in several years. <laughs> but it sounds like um, kind of my description last week or two weeks ago of whenever my kids watch the Marvel stuff. Yeah. For the Marvel stuff, you have like Iron Man is not voiced by Robert Downey Jr., but it's like his name, the guy's name is Mick Wingert. And uh, he's like, it sounds like in a Robert Downey Jr. impression. Yeah, right, and, and that's right. what you're listening to for the whole episode. So this is what it, that kind of sounds like. Yeah, I will say one thing that I thought was really cool, and it's kind of a spoiler, but it literally happens in the first ten seconds. So I don't know, you can spoiler warning it, but um, but it's really cool because what what's actually happening is is Ray is training Finn to be a Jedi. Awesome! Oh, oh, I'm cool. so down for sorry that. I'm sorry but no, it's literally the first spoiler. ten seconds. Okay, that's but, great. Which is kind of cool because then it is a confirmation of that thing that we never sure, got yeah. um, oh. in the last movie that Finn was going to say that he had Force powers or right. that he could feel the Force. That is awesome. And so they do, th- that is kind of cool at the beginning. But other than that. I'm a bummed though. Like I'm completely, I really thought from listening to that trailer, maybe All I'm dumb. All the good jokes are in that trailer. Oh no, oh, I hate movies no. like that. Because every time they were about to make one of those jokes, I was like, I saw this in the trailer oh, and it no. was really funny, but <laughs> oh. I know what you're about to say. I just, I really thought it was Daisy Ridley. I don't know why. Oh, weird. And I'm really bummed that it's not. And I just think, you know, same with uh, Darth Vader. If you don't have James Earl Jones, you don't get to use it. You find, Think of another bad guy. I'm sorry. And now he's too old to even beat Darth Vader anymore. They've got a pretty good impressionist. No. Yeah, he's pretty good. The, the only ones that bumped me were Ray and Kylo. Like, oh, so Darth Vader is in this? Yeah. Uh, and it's I not, think it might be. Oh, I, I no, it's definitely a, a voice actor. But again, it's one of the voice actors they had for the Clone Wars, wow. and and they did a really good job of their casting. So. Yeah, like James Arnold Taylor has been playing Obi Wan in that series for years. Yeah. You know, and oh, he's got it down. Well, he's yeah, phenomenal he's insane. How much he sounds like yeah. Obi Wan? Um, I don't know. I just no one to me has been able to like nail what James Earl Jones does because everyone just thinks like scary deep voice. I breathe. I'm bad. But like, oh, hey, dummies! James Earl Jones was also like had this weird sweet 70s sexiness in his Darth <laughs> Vader that you don't think about but is certainly present and if it's not there completely bumps so as for Ray and I, I'm mad at it and yeah. but you know what I wanted you know what this makes me want though is I do want more from like them characters yeah and The Last Jedi was such a or I mean sorry Skywalker's Revenge or whatever the fucking thing is called <laughs> Was such a was such a disappointment yeah. as an ending for those characters that I want to hear more about. Like, sure, Ray training Finn or adventures and whatever. Maybe this is the same way that all our nerdy, you know, parents felt about after uh, Return of the Jedi, and that's why they read those horrible books where Luke Skywalker marries a lady and whatever. But like, 
I want some more. And I really hope that that's the legacy of Mandalorian is Daisy Ridley. Because it's got to be Daisy Ridley. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be John Boyega and all these people. It's got to be them. But I hope that they come back and do shows. That The Mandalorian is so successful, so beloved that you know we can be like, sorry that your movies sucked. But yeah. we'll put you in a real good TV show if you still want to do it. I hope John Boyega comes back because I still get real sad that Disney bumped him so much and, yeah. and took him out of all the marketing. Fantastic and actor, fantastic and character. And he yeah. loves Star Wars. He yeah. was so excited. Well, speaking of The Mandalorian, let's talk about Chapter 11, The Heiress. Uh, I watched this twice in a row. Wait, can we go you back? Did. To, can we go back to one thing? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to talk about the thing that Paul sent about the disturbance in the Force, the documentary about the making of the original right. Star Wars Holiday this Special. This is coming out yeah. sometime in 2021. It's like a crowdfund. It's a crowdfunding stage right now. Like nothing's happening about it. But one of the quotes in the article, if you guys read it, um, was they were talking to the producers and they were like, "Please tell us some of the cool things that you're going to tell us about this Star Wars special that nobody knows. Like, why do we want this?" And they said, okay, well, we'll tell you this, is that when George Lucas was making the holiday special, he let it be known that the reason why Han was so like involved with this Life Day ceremony on Kashyyyk is because previously he was married to a female Wookiee. <laughs> okay! But George Lucas said, but don't actually say that. Just use it as an Because I don't think the audience backstory. is ready for it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I really want this. I really, really want Like I've said before, that the special itself is horribly unwatchable but a documentary about why it is yes. I am so okay with that yeah <laughs> just like I was, I was I'm not ready for that now I don't want <laughs> to be married to a female Wookiee anyway sorry Mandalorian <laughs> So the Mandalorian, I watched this twice in a row. <laughs> yeah, wow, bud. Wow, good for you. It was a good it was a great episode. Um did you say it was your favorite of the season so far? Is the, it the favorite of my season? Of the three episodes? Yeah. I was actually curious because that first episode dropped and it was 54 yes! minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, are they doubling their episode? But no, the next time it was 41 and uh, chapter 11's most recent I'm so 35. sad I haven't been here the last two weeks to talk with the Mandalorian with you all. Yeah. How good is the season are. so far, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the spiders were very scary last episode. <laughs> yeah. And yes, they were scarier when you saw the pictures with the red Yes, exactly. Balls. Red balls. Um, I loved all the like the Mandalorian uniformed fights in this one, like when the, the three sweep down, and I we should probably put a spoiler alert. Maybe oh, spoiler for sure. Let's spoiler for sure. Uh, yeah, Kirsten, I actually thought of you because I know that one of your beefs with this show has been that he can't take his helmet yes! off. But there's no saying that in canon that Mandalorians can't burp, burp, burp. Thank you. And so... And now we're getting a bit of an insight into that. We didn't have to wait very long. Bo-Katan, your favorite best friend from all these stupid shows that I hate, (laughs) shows up. And first thing she does practically is take her helmet off and then explain why the show that we've been watching for a year and a half now... Is wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, you were caught up in a cult. So. But it was so great because, yeah, Paul, you said, Kirsten, I think you're really going to like this episode. And the second that happened, I was like, this is why Paul thought I was going to like yeah, this episode. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He knows how much Loaded I question. hate that piece of of him not being able to take his helmet off. So I loved that. I loved that they were like, 
you were in a weird cult. And, yeah. Oh, man. It leads us down to a better future for this season. And when, like, towards the end, like, when the, the episode's wrapped up, he's helped the people, everything, whatever that happens every uh, yeah. episode. <laughs> yes. And she was like, this is the way. And the way that she delivered that line, I was uh, like, whoa. Here's what I loved about that. The first time she said it to him, he was not convinced. Like, he was, he was not on her side. Yeah. But the second time when she said it, when he parroted back, that was one of the most convincing pieces of acting of the whole show. Mm. It was like he got caught up and he's, and he's like, yes, obviously, this is the way. And the way he said it back, would, like, that just got me. It's just like, oh, wow, you are like so, you get it now. And I'm, I made, that made me very happy. So do we think that this is the way is just what the cult says and yeah. she's aware of that yeah. and yes. she's trying to be like trying yeah. to you know talk to him in his own language type of thing but exactly break him of that. his nonsense yeah. Yes. yeah interesting um i i really like and i think it's so cool that bo-katan the live actor is the person that voiced yes. bo-katan in the clone Wars. that is the part that makes me the happiest was that ever talked to because like we were we were given the whole news about uh ahsoka tano and the casting there but was the casting ever talked about like with was katie sackoff ever announced as uh being part of this cast i thought that she was you knew kirsten you have brought it up before yeah yeah. I, I thought that she was, like, but people weren't making such a big deal about it. Um, mm-hmm. We knew Bo-Katan was going to be in it, and I was, pr- I'm was, i pretty sure that I knew that it was going to be the same actress yeah, I recall as well. Right. You knew because of the, the, of the Darksaber? Well, no, I just knew. I think it was in when they, the casting notes came out. Oh, I see. That, it, that she was going to be playing Bo-Katan, which was so cool. And, I, and again, and now I feel mm-hmm. sad for Ashley Eccleson or Eccleson or whatever, who probably would have been right. amazing as Ahsoka. And so I'm very worried now mm. to see, um, what's her name? Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson, who right. will probably kill it. But Sure, yeah. But you're just sad for the voice actress. Well, especially after being bumped so hard in stupid fake rave from the, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and she is actually, Ashley Eccleston or is is Ahsoka that is the voice we know. So oh, for years. They, I mean, yeah. okay, but Bo-Katan was so cool when she showed up. Um, obviously, a very storied character from the Clone Wars, and yes, the last person Brian known to have the dark saber. And this is so. Again, this is me sort of not necessarily knowing all too too much about Clone Wars, but yeah, this basically sort of there's there is going to be some story here to fill in, right? The gap between when she last had the dark saber and now somehow she's lost it to uh, to this yep. guy. Yes. yes, and I understand why you're all draining your balls right now about this. Would you? But, and then watching Jeopardy. Stop. <laughs> yeah, let me dial it up the oh, Jeopardy for God. you. This is the um, college championships okay. series. Okay. Anyways, um, but. This is a little bit annoying for me. (laughs) Sorry. I hate to be this person, but... I don't like those shows. Clone Wars and Rebels. Okay? And that was Filoni just... Telling that same story over and over again, that's that's his little universe mm-hmm. and where he rubbed his stink so hard all over Star Wars. And then we get Mandalorian and it seems to be a different corner of the massive universe. Because the thing that bugs me is everything's connected. Everyone is everyone else's father. Everyone had an <laughs> affair with each other. This is a story that happens in a galaxy made up of Hundreds of millions of planets and systems. 
And yet. And yet we're still talking about the same half dozen characters. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, I guess, well who put the Darksaber in it then? Like, you gotta blame what's-his-man. Let me get another take on that, because this is how Jenny says it, and I like it so much. She goes, are you fucking kidding me? About With this? the inhale breathe? Yeah, she does that all the time. She's like, fuck off. Wow. Anyways, so... Uh, <laughs> Filoni, are you not done with those little stories? And now you gotta shove Don't them into this. Value it. This is the other guy. This is Filoni's the, there. No, but he's the other one too. Mm, Favreau. John Favreau. Favreau. This is Favreau. Yeah, but Filoni's there. He's got. He's weaseled his way anyway, into this battle, like, and he It doesn't matter if you don't like those other shows because you don't need to know. I know you don't need I to know don't. The but like, why don't I like those other shows? And now it's the same thing in this show. Top hat, monocle, dark saber, fancy. Come on, already. Okay. Speaking of Dave Filoni, as one of the four directors uh, for the, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, did a shot for shot tribute to her dad's film Apollo Eleven in the reentry scene. Apollo thirteen, actually. Thirteen. <laughs> what did I say? Apollo eleven. You're two oh, Apollos. Man, sorry, <laughs> Apollo thirteen. It was chapter eleven of the Mandalorian. Thank you. That's what yeah. I'm looking at. Apollo thirteen. Yeah, it's right here in front of me. Sorry. Apollo eleven, 11 is the one where they play golf on the moon okay okay i don't know um <laughs> bryce dallas howard though redeemed herself from the fucking episode she did last season oh yeah. did what? <laughs> what was so wrong with it, it was oh, i like the episode that she did it that was season the one where, like, they were in the like rice patties and then there was that like uh-huh. atst that yeah. was like yeah. had red eyes and it didn't i didn't like that episode oh okay well um, I'll just, you know, look at you. Yeah, let me beak about how I hate this show so much. Let me also just say that I love this show. And it's wonderful <laughs> and great. And it's wonderful about Star Wars is good again, okay? Thank you. Wow, I was so excited. Bo Katan, that was so exciting. Yeah. And when she said that she knew a Jedi, I'm like, oh my God, it's going to be Ahsoka. I'm so excited. So, they said yeah. her name. They're not even making you wait for it no, no. more. No, no. So good. Looking really forward to the next episodes. I don't think we're going to get Ahsoka to the end, though. Like, no. Oh, no. no. Undoubtedly yeah. not. Oh, no. That was such a tease. It was such a tease. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, yeah, it was great and everything. Oh, good. You're all getting all your favorite action figures in this goddamn thing. <laughs> With the, um, when, when the ship went into the uh, water and the thing that pulled it out, was that an AT-AT? It was just repurposed? Yeah, and apparently like like, the secret like nudge-nudge thing there was that that's where George Lucas got the inspiration for it, was looking at... Um, um, those big dock what the are lifter they called? crane things crane lifters yeah, yeah, yeah. on docks yeah. that's cool yeah. funny oh that's cool but yeah that was like a repurposed There's ad-at some, that's yeah. interesting great, great it's acting. an ad-at but wait what it's an ad-at not an AT&T ad-at. sorry I just said AT, AT&T I know you can say, I feel like you can say them. <laughs> I feel like you can say it either way but apparently there was a thing and it's an ad-at <laughs> so it's an acronym not an initialism Boom! Okay. Uh, His Dark Materials Season 2, Episode 1 dropped, The City of Magpies, and... Oh, yeah. Damn, heck, they're moving fast uh, through the telling of the story for the TV season. Obviously, it's got to be like that, but it feels too fast for me, and I still, Hmm. being a, a huge lover of the source material, I still don't know how this series is working or feeling to people who are not familiar with the books. I'm here. I'm here. Somebody just said, I'm here. Who said, I can't help with that on this Apple Watch. 
That's yours. That's my my Apple Watch is a lady. What did you do to make my Apple Watch talk? I don't. I'm sorry if I said a wake word by accident. Um, I didn't mean sorry. to do that. One second here. Yes, sir. Um, Kirsten's Apple Watch Siri is of her husband's voice. You chose the man, the English accent man. So what? You could like it's like you're bossing your husband around to no, tell him to it's do like things. I have like a little Alfred in my pocket. Do you, do you turn? Is that you, why you married your husband? <laughs> no. Do you put it up to your mouth and say, "Hey, Johnny"? Do you do you do that? No. 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 It's like a little Alfred man in my pocket. And when British people say things, I trust them more. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got it. That's okay. That's why I married them. <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, it's really sweet. Also, it's really heartwarming and cute that you like your husband so much. Um, okay, sorry, but what were you yapping Dark about materials. there? Dark materials. Yeah, you know what? It's that's a great question because I remember trying to watch that first series. Series, and you'd read the book. Season? No. no oh, okay, he's, right. He's borrowed them from me for the past three years. <laughs> yeah, they look great on my bookshelf. Thank you. Um, yeah. So. So I was watching, and I was like, I don't understand. I don't like this. And I dropped off. Like yeah. I was like three episodes in. Sure. Read the book, okay, first book, went back, watched the show, got it more, enjoyed it more. Perfect. Got through it. So yeah. that answers your question, at least for me, is yeah, I don't, I don't know if this TV show is doing a great job of it. There are many things that I could say, many thoughts that I could have, but I'm only going to bring up this one, and that is that in book two, in the city of Chittagatse, where... Chittagatse. Chit, C-H, Chittagatse, let's just give it the shortened form, where Will and Lyra meet Angelica and her brother and their older brother, who is taken by the specters. The brother is Paolo. Um, but in the show, it's Paola. It's, it's a girl. Uh, her name is uh, Ella Shiri Yates, uh, Shrey Yates. And the reason they gender swapped her is mm. because she, who played, you know, now as a sister, but who, you know, would have been the brother, she and Angelica, the bigger sister, played so well off each other that they wanted to keep them together. And so they swapped the gender for it. Mm. And I thought that was a really good decision. Has anybody seen this first show? No. So the actor who plays Angelica is Bella Ramsey. Ooh. No. Who? From Game of Thrones. What one is that? The little girl. What little girl? Mormont. Mormont. Oh, Lady Mormont. Oh, cool. Very cool. She looks almost the same in here. It 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 jumped like it was it bumped me because it's like whoa. Oh, Oh, it's her. Um, But she's great. She's great in that role. Cool. Anyways, yeah. Um, enjoying it. (laughs) <laughs> and spending some of my time wondering how non-book readers are enjoying it. I eh, Hopefully it gets that third series and wraps things up, maybe. We'll see. Um, Kirsten, you saw the new mutants. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to do this really fast because, oh, my gosh, we got lots of these. Yeah, I saw the new mutants. It was a movie. It was like a new X-Men with teenage angst, and they were sad, and they had so <laughs> oh, much no. sperm in their balls that they wanted to get out, but they were locked inside a mental institution. So oh, how no. do you get the sperm out of your balls? You I use your powers. Oh, they use their powers <laughs> to get sperm out? Are you kidding me? Did they? And then, and then I just, it, it was like, what is happening? This is the new mutants. Are you serious that there's mutants using their powers to jerk off in this movie? No. Is that what happened? No, but almost. Um, anyway. <laughs> you get almost to that. Anyway, well, you just Because somebody to... walked in the room. 
because they're teenagers. That's why your mom walks in the room. So. Um, anyway, it, it, I, I don't know how this movie got to where it did because the actors, like, of course, you got Maisie Williams in there. You got Anna Taylor Joy, who was just in the Queen's Gambit, like that chick. Oh my God, um, she's in that. Yeah, she's in it. You got yeah. Charlie Heaton, obviously from um, Stranger Things. Jonathan Byers. Um, that like a huge ca- core cast of young adults in this movie. I think where it went wrong with me is for, for they try to make it really international, right? They're like, here's all these, you know, they're the super new, diverse. Look how diver- this one has a Russian accent and Ugh. this one has an Irish accent and their accents are awful. Oh no. And you can't understand anything anyone's saying. Oh, they're not double no. Using oh, no. their real accents. Oh, like Macy Williams yeah. is British and she should just be British. Right, that's right. But She's... she was doing an Irish accent. Oh no. And it was like, why were these choices made? Anyway. Um, and isn't that kind of the thing too that like the this movie's gotten bad reviews, right? It was a mess. Like it Ugh. was it not a victim of like a ton of reshoots or something? Um I and it I, just took forever to get out to come out. Yeah, they they kept pushing it back, pushing it back, and then they kind of like secretly released it into theaters when and, Tenet was released. And here's the thing. Yeah. I said in the Slack chat, I'm like, you saw, did it come out? Where is it? And yeah, you let me know it came out when Tenet came out. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, and and now yeah. it's like I guess you know on video and demand and stuff. And thought I was going to be stuck in development hell forever. I, I, I mean, I don't know what happened. Like the cast they had was all right. Um... But, it was just weird. It was just a weird movie. The, the thing that I didn't like about it as an X-Men movie, as somebody that likes the X-Men, right. is that I felt like none of their powers were really explained. They were all kind of like, okay, wait, what is their power? What can they do? Like, sorry, what is happening? Like, it was very confusing. Really? That's strange, because normally um, X-Men movies over... Um, uh, dang it, what's that word? Over-exposit. Yeah. Right. There's overexposition in explaining yeah. what happens. And it wasn't really that. And I mean, I'm not saying you have to hold my hand and tell me, like, this guy is really fast. But, like, they, they kept on having other powers show up. And I was like, what is happening in this? Weird. Um, Here's anyway. a question. Mm-hmm. W- was it um, what they originally promoted it as? Like, was it X-Men but a horror movie? I wouldn't say it was a horror movie, but it had horror elements to it. Keep in mind, oh, okay. you're the you're like the horror queen. Like, yeah, you're yeah. pretty desensitized to all yeah. the horror kind of stuff. So. Yeah, like but- it had a spooky vibe to it, mm. but I would have said like it was kind of leaning more on the horror. Like if you took an X Men movie and mixed it with like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. Which oh. they actually reference in this movie. What? Yeah, oh. like it's just playing on the TV in the like asylum that oh, they're in. Strange. Which Johnny and I noticed, and then I by the end of the movie, I was like, I think they might have just put that in there because that that is like the vibe and tone I think they were hoping for. Fascinating was like the That's Buffy hilarious. horror action, some comedy, and it, they mm-hmm. did not hit it. Because yeah, that's the first thing that I remember seeing, like in the marketing materials, is that like this is going to be the X Men universe's first horror movie. Yeah, and they didn't so. do it. They didn't do it hard enough, unfortunately. If they wanted it to be a horror movie. 
Um, th- it was weird because it was like blended in with a teen coming of age comedy. That's yeah, strange. and I think that's maybe that's maybe a little bit of studio, and it could have been part of reshoots or something. Is that maybe studio interference is like, well, if you make it a horror movie, we're gonna have to change the rating, and then you're not gonna get as many butts in the seats in theaters, right. and yada yada yada. In theaters, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we've talked about it before. How like a lot of the Marvel universe, like you know, is more of a certain genre of movie, you know, like more of a political intrigue thing, more of a this, more of a that. But I think with, and that works when it's always a little bit that, but mainly a superhero movie. I think horror, and you can back me up on this, Kirsten, it's Mm got to be a friggin' horror movie. Just like, you can't, you can't half-ass that. Right, you can't Unless you're Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, and that is the whole point of the movie. Yeah. Then, then, then it's awesome. But yeah, you can't really genre. It's hard to genre blend horror. It can be done, but this did not do it at all. Shame. I, yeah, it was a shame. I think if it, if they had done it as a horror, if that was the original concept as marketed, mm-hmm. that it could have been a cool movie. But just trying to put in this like teenage ball busting whatever. Okay. It was I just you, that's not what ball busting is. Yeah, I'm ball <laughs> filling ball. Okay, so we've hit ninety minutes. We're we're going to wrap it up. Does sorry, anybody else sorry. have anything else for the podcast? Yeah, I'm totally gonna just watch New Mutants and expect a masturbation scene. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! The masturbator is okay. like, this is your power, dude. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. I'm a mutant and have been since I was sixteen. Okay. Wow. He's got like cool. a giant left arm. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Let's wrap it. Yeah, it just, no, it really does go to show, too, that movies that they know are bad are getting shit into the toilet of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Whether Mm -hmm. it is, you know, only in the theaters. I mean, I don't know what they thought about Tenet or if they really thought it was that good. But by and large, the rule goes, it seems, that if your movie's crud, then just dump it onto either uh, in the theaters where no one will go to watch it or <laughs> we'll try and steal your money Trolls World Tour style because your children have been locked in the house for six months. Uh, that's what we're going to do with our bad movies, movies that we think are decent. We're going to wait till 2021. Hence, James Bond and Wonder Woman keep getting pushed back. Right. Kirsten James. Wait, is this it? That's yep. over? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll save those other things. 90 minutes, man. We're trying to keep it to 90 okay. minutes. Okay. So, yeah. Hi. Hi, where can we find you on the on the on Instagram? Say. Um, Kirsten dot. The gate cutter. <laughs> so that was Kirsten dot James. All, all I heard was Kirsten dot. That was great. It wouldn't let me do my <laughs> Brian. I'm uh, DJ Boitano on Facebook and Boitano nine one three. Well done, well done. That was very good. Paul, don't do it. No, I'm going to try to do it too. Oh, jeez. What is going on? This whole thing. Oh, my God. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials. For that spicy cone content. Oh, yeah, look at his cones. Go look at Bud's hot cone stuff. Yeah, okay, sure. Hot cone talking songs. Honestly... So the unboxing video that I did with this when I first got it yeah. is my highest hit 
like viewed and commented on Instagram ever. I'm not surprised you put like a ton of, ton of Hollywood production value into it. <laughs> I saw I saw that thing like ten times. All those people who shared it and everything. I was yeah. like, oh, oh well, that's, well, cute. that's, that's good, funny. Good. Anyways, uh, this has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode one eleven. Thank you for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at ninety one three. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.